Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 149 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jackie Arena. Jackie lives in Kingston, Massachusetts, where she owns her own business. She is a sugar cookie decorator who now teaches cookie decorating. She pivoted over the pandemic, and that sounds like lots of fun. So welcome, Jackie. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, I am so glad to have you, and we've been waiting for a while because we first connected about the interview in June of 2020, and we're now recording this in February, and it comes out at the end of May. So your story I know has continued since we first set up the recording and I can't wait to hear about it. You're somebody that we see in the Facebook groups a lot. And so I know everyone's going to be glad to hear 
your story. I'm so excited <laughs> and nervous, but I'll be fine. Well, no need to be nervous. We're just, I'm having my, you see my coffee cup? Yes, I know. I have mine too. <laughs> Got my black coffee. So we're recording early in the morning. Well, it's not that early. I've been up for hours. I bet you have too. Yes. <laughs> I actually didn't sleep much last night, but that's Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, so it's kind of a long story, but I will kind of try to keep it brief. It actually started with my cookie decorating. So I had met a group of women on the internet, which is kind of funny because we all came together over our love of cuss words. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we kind of all just grouped together and we created a private Facebook group and, you know, we got to know each other over the course of a year or so. And then I threw out this crazy idea for everybody to come visit me for my 32nd birthday. Yeah, I just turned 33. So it was my 32nd birthday. And I never met any of these women before. And, you know, so we, they actually wanted to come. So we ended up planning this whole thing. But in the meantime, we had kind of all talked about wanting to, you know, get healthier and, you know, try to lose a couple pounds before we all met in, in the summertime. So I love that story, Jackie, because it might sound crazy to anybody who's just listening, you know, to want to meet people you've never met before, but right. you feel like you know them from Facebook. But, you know, I've done the exact same thing with, yep. you know, I had all the moderators that could come, come to stay at my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had only met a couple of them in person. I'm like, come to my house. And they are like, okay. And, you know, the, the relationships we form online are real. Oh, yeah. They are seriously some of my closest friends to yep. this day. So it's, it's crazy. But, so that's how it basically started. And, you know, we we created a little accountability group for ourselves. It had nothing to do with fasting at that point. It was just everybody was kind of going to do their own thing. That was probably, I'd say, right before March of 2019, because my friend Sandra is the one who added me to the uh, Delay Don't Deny Facebook group. She added me in March and I didn't pay attention to the group at all. I was like, I had no idea what fasting was. She was like, I do this thing called fasting. You know, I think that you would like it. And I was just like, mm, I don't know, but add me to the group. So right. she added me to the group. I didn't pay attention to it at all. In fact, I didn't follow through with any sort of weight loss journey from then until they came to visit in August. So it was that weekend in August that kind of opened my eyes to how unhealthy I really was. And when all those pictures from that amazing weekend hit the internet, I was like, oh my Lord, I didn't view myself as as heavy as I was. I was just, you know, I was upset with what I was seeing, even though I had the best weekend ever. And I was just like, oh my God, I really need to do something about this. I can't keep going like this. I just don't feel yeah. healthy. I think photos for a lot of us are that trigger. Yep. And, you know, I a lot of people talk about, you know, body dysmorphia where you look in the mirror and you see yourself, you know, it can be a real problem for people who are a great weight, but look in the mirror and perceive themselves as overweight. But I had the, like the reverse of it, or maybe it's still body dysmorphia. I think when I weighed 210 pounds, I looked in the mirror and I didn't see myself at 210 pounds. Exactly. It that's, was the photo that did it. Yep. And that's exactly what it was for me. It was like, I would look at myself in the mirror every day and I didn't really I was just like, yeah, I know that I'm overweight. I know I need to do something about this at some point, but I just wasn't ready. And it wasn't until I saw all those photos that it really hit me. And I spent, so they were here for my birthday. I spent, they were here for the whole weekend and then they left on my birthday. 
And it was three days later that I decided to do something about it. And I didn't actually start with intermittent fasting. (laughs) Um, I had another friend on Facebook who had had a ton of success with Weight Watchers. And I had been watching her kill it. And she was posting and she was so inspirational and motivating. And I had actually messaged her and said, you know, when I'm ready, I'm going to sign up for Weight Watchers under under you through your link or whatever. So I did that. And I had every intention, like I said, of, you know, maybe starting fasting because I my friend had added me to that group. So I kind of was going to do a combination. And um, so I signed up for Weight Watchers on uh, August 30th of 2019. At that point, I was 202 pounds. And uh, I'm only only 5'1". So I mean, you know, you're not that tall either. So right. And you know, that's, that's astonishing. Because looking at your pictures now, I couldn't remember what your heaviest weight was. I know you've probably talked about it in the groups. But yeah, it's hard to imagine being 202, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know how I felt. I don't remember being that. And I don't No, everybody always said I never looked like I weighed that, but I think I just hit it well. Like I constantly just wore very drapey clothes, you know, baggy shirts with, you know, leggings. Like I never Mm -hmm. really tried to, you know, I just tried to hide most of the time. So, so August 30th of 2019, you started with Weight Watchers, but you weren't doing fasting with it at first at all. Nope, I wasn't intentionally. So that this is where it kind of gets funny. Because when I started, I said, you know, I know that I, I eat at night, that's my biggest downfall. I said, so seven o'clock, I don't know why that number was in my head. But I said, I'm not going to eat anything past seven. This was pairing it with weight, weight watchers. And then I also said, I got to stop drinking my, (laughs) my coffee that I get up and get in the car every morning for a medium, I smoke a regular, yeah, from Dunkin Donuts. I said, I got to cut that out. So I cut that out right away. And then paired with the Weight Watchers, it was kind of like I was already starting to eat better because you want to try and get as much food as you can for the points that you have. So like I was naturally kind of limiting carbs and stuff like that right off the bat because I'm like, well, if I can eat, you know, four eggs for zero points, then I'm going to do that versus a piece of bread for five points. So like, oh yeah. So it became this like game for me to eat as much as I could that was healthy. And um, so that was it. I mean, I wasn't intentionally fasting, but I wasn't eating past seven. And then I wasn't eating breakfast either because I never was a breakfast eater. But my the whole thing that I used to get all caught up on was the fact that I wasn't hungry. But when I was making lunch and breakfast for my kids, I would just aimlessly pop food in my mouth. So I was trying to be more conscious, like Jackie, you don't even eat breakfast, but you got to stop just popping food in your mouth for no reason. So right off the bat, I was doing like a 16 hour fast without really knowing it. I was also having lemon in my water during that time, which I didn't know until I started peeking into the delay, don't deny Facebook group that that was not a clean fast. That's when I learned about the clean fast. So um, it was only a few weeks of between not real fasting and when I started finding fast. Yep. Yep. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. You know, that's so funny that when you were talking about the points and eating as much food as you could for the points, I, I never did Weight Watchers, but I know that is how I would have done it. I exactly. It was I. It, it was all the zero point foods, like exactly. all of them yep. constantly. It's, that's exactly what I was doing. And I, I'm pretty I mean, sure I could have gained weight. <laughs> well, to be honest, it really did kind of help. I know, it, you know, Fast Feast or Peak came out and- right you know, you say don't change anything about your diet, just focus on the clean fast. And I actually did it the complete opposite because well, you started the diet. It was unintentional. Exactly. So on let's see what I wrote down what day it was that I logged my first clean fast. It was September 14th. So it was only a couple weeks after I had started dieting and unintentionally dirty fasting (laughs) um, (laughs) that I logged my first clean fast. So, and then I kind of just, I had like a couple free months of Weight Watchers. So I kept like logging my weight and everything in there, but I wasn't planning on continuing it once those months were up because I just knew as soon, you know, it, it took literally four days for me to feel a difference in in the way that I felt. I love it. So dropping that lemon four days later, you yep. can tell the difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm was so like, glad. I woke up, you know, I remember being really tired on like day three. And then day four, I woke up and I like got right up, didn't even have coffee. I had stopped coffee cold turkey when I gave up my ice mocha. So um, right to me, it was insane that I woke up with so much energy. I'm like, I've literally never jumped out of bed like this and started doing dishes or doing something. So I knew something that that was what hooked me right there. I love it. You know, and I want to circle back to something that you said about changing up your food versus starting fasting. And my recommendation in Fast Feast Repeat is not to try to do both at the same time. You know, I wouldn't recommend changing up your diet and also intermittent fasting for most people because it's going to burn you out. But you actually did it the other way, which is a great way to do it. You changed your food first 
and then you implemented the clean fast. So I think that's a very valid way of doing it because it's just when people try to do everything at once, we've all experienced that. That's when we're like, you can't, you can't keep it up because it's not sustainable. Right. And I think that's important like to note about when you say, you know, everybody is their own experiment of one. And I think, I feel like it's, you know what you can handle. And, and I, at this point I was ready, like I was ready to change and I was not looking back. So I think it was, that's kind of where my mindset was and not everybody's mindset is like that. And that's totally fine. And, and, you know, you might be ready at one point and not at another. And that's the thing too, you know, like there were so many times along the way that I wasn't ready and I would, you know, a little bit, try this, a little bit, try that. And, you know, I talked about in fast feast repeat that in in the mindset chapter, I think I started off by saying intermittent fasting didn't work for me until it did, because there were all those years I dabbled in it, and it never worked for me one time. And um, now looking back, I understand why. Now, I have a friend on Facebook. She's not um, she's not an intermittent faster, and I wish I could get into her brain, but somebody totally unrelated to any of our Facebook groups, just in Facebook wild, you know, just out there on their page, said, has anybody tried intermittent fasting? And this one friend of mine that I taught with years ago said, yeah, I, I've been doing it for years and I've never lost any weight. I start my day with creamy coffee and I have my honey in it, but that's okay. It doesn't break the fast. And and it made me so sad because it makes me think of how many people think that they're fasting. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's not working. But, you know, you you were ready for the change and you were ready to drop the lemon when you realized and you were ready to actually fast clean. And then boom, four days later, you felt the difference. Yes, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So you've lost a lot of weight. I have. So I've lost, as of right now, 82 pounds. Um, I'm not trying to lose anymore. So I'm at my goal. I actually reached my goal uh, exactly one year later. So it took me one year to lose 82 pounds. Amazing. And I've been maintaining basically since July. So I hit my, you know, I got my lowest weight was 119 pounds. And that was right before I left for my camping birthday trip one year later. So, but I haven't, that hasn't been my average weight. Like my average weight has been about like 122 to 124. So I like hit my low weight and then I bounce right back up. And I feel like this is just like where my body wants to be. And I've kind of tried everything. Maintenance has been hard for me. I won't lie because it's just been hard to figure out what my body needs and how long I should be fasting and, you know, how much I should be eating. And I got really lax with some of my food choices not being as healthy. And so I have bounced up and down um, since about July between 122 and like my highest again was like 128. So but I call that, you know, I, I think maintaining anything within like a five pound range maintenance. So I'm getting there. I think, I think so too. I think I'm actually have arrived at my sweet spot for maintenance. So we can talk about that when you're ready. <laughs> I love that because a lot of people would be really upset by by that just because the number is higher. Like for me, you know, the low, you know, I haven't seen a number on a scale since 2017. I now use the, the shape of with the color, but the lowest number I ever saw was 129. I'm 5'5". Five five, so I saw 129. And I'm pretty sure I got lower than that later. But I never saw anything lower than that on the scale. But every time I would look, it would be just like you. 119, but you see 122 to 124. I would I saw 129 that one time, but I always was in that 
you know, 134 to 130 range. That was where my body tended to bounce around and got as high as 138. I never crossed back over into the 140s on that I could see. But yeah, there maintenance is not a weight. It's a range of weight. And you're you're seeing that right now. Yep. Um, I'm trying to focus more on how my clothes are fitting and stuff like that. Like I know when my my jeans get tighter that it's probably because I'm, you know, eating a lot of sugar or eating a lot of carbs. I really see bloating when I'm carb heavy and sugar heavy at this point. So like I when my jeans start to get tighter, I know it's time to kind of reel myself back in, give myself a little detox from the carbs and the sugar, and then I always feel better. So it's like I know what I need to do. That's what makes it easy because I don't worry about it anymore. I don't see a higher number on the scale and say, oh my gosh, this isn't working. No, I know that I need to do things to tweak and to keep myself where I am. It's not. You can find the, the cause and effect. You see it. You know, you can go back and and it's, it's so important to have that mindset right there because instead you might think, oh no, why isn't this working? You know, why is this stopped working? Why am I regaining this weight? But, but that's not, you know, it's just, it's that range and you tweak and you see what's happening. You know, the same for me, it's, I've used my honesty pants, you know, as a gauge this whole time and never had to go up any, but there were periods when I could say, oop, there's a little more muffin top coming exactly. over the, yep. the top of my <laughs> honesty pants. So it's time to, you know, tighten it up a little bit. And for me, it's not the sugar, it's the crunchy, salty things. See, that's the opposite for me. Like, I feel like I could, I mean, I mean, it, you know what I mean. It's not like I, I do. could sit down and eat a box of Cheez-Its and not feel it. But, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's usually the carbs and the sugar for me. It's crazy the inflammation that it causes. Yeah, I, I get real puffy. Yep. Like I got a whole bunch of, I got a bunch of new things from an online market that you, know, you have all these organic foods that we can't get locally. So I got all these different chips. They were like organic versions of Doritos because, you know, yep. I love Doritos. So I'm like, look how good these are, like organic kind of wheat thin kind of cracker crackery things. And so I just ate those for my snack. And then all of a sudden I was like, ooh, puffy. <laughs> my oh, shape yeah. was suddenly gray. And I'm <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> just because it says organic on the box doesn't mean that it's something my body is going to love. Well, those exactly. Salty and I think, things. That, I think that's super important because I don't think I realized how bad I felt all the time until I didn't feel bad. And then I eat something that isn't something I normally eat. And that's when I see it. And I'm just like, wow, right. I felt like that all of the time. And I no wonder why I was tired. No wonder why I was depressed. You know, so it's it's just crazy to have that connection with your own body now and to just know what works for you and what doesn't. Yep. And, you know, one reason you were tired and I was so tired after you know, we both lost a similar amount of weight we were carrying around like a 10-year-old child. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I All actually, the time, like It's funny you brought that up because when I when I hit 75 pounds loss, I took a picture with my son on my back who was 50 pounds at the time and then I had five 5 pound bags of flour because I obviously I'm a baker, so I was like, "Oh, let's do some flour." And it was crazy to that picture made me emotional because it was like, I can't believe I was carrying that around. Like that is so much extra weight on my tiny it's little frame. Like, yeah, 
Did you hear me tell the story before about when I picked up the student that weighed 75 pounds and tried to carry her around? I didn't. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I, I told it at some point on the podcast, but it really, you know, struck me. I was I was in my classroom one day. This is after I'd lost. I don't remember if I was 75 or 80 pounds down by then, but I had these these girls, these fifth grade girls in my classroom working on a special project. And one of the girls said, you know, you've lost a lot of weight because I'd had them for years. I was the gifted teacher. So I had the same students year after year and they saw me up, they saw me down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they were in fifth grade by then. I'm like, yeah, I have. I've lost, you know, 75, 80 pounds, whatever the number was. And the little girl said, I weigh 75 pounds. And I said, well, let me try to carry you around. And I, I just couldn't hardly do it. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, honestly. Yeah, like carry her up the stairs or carry her out to the car. And But I was carrying myself around. You were carrying yourself around. And so it's amazing that that we can actually lift that much weight, yeah. really. Well, it's funny, too, because you don't when you're actually struggling to do everyday things, you don't really think about it as that. But then when the weight comes off and the, and the stuff starts going away, like, you know, when you're walking up a flight of five stairs and you don't get winded, it's like, oh, okay, well, that I was really putting a strain on my body. And my mom's a nurse and she always was just worried about my heart. She's like, you're just carrying around so much extra weight. And, you know, it's just, it's not like you're beautiful. She never... I don't want it to come off like she thought I was overweight and unhealthy, but we talked about it a lot. It was something, you know, I kind of made fun of myself and made a joke about my weight out of everything. Like, you know, oh, I don't want to do that because, you know, I don't want my thighs to rub together the whole day. I'll be uncomfortable. It was like I would avoid things. And she would always just gently say, like, you know, you're putting some strain on your heart and your organs. And, you know, I know that when you're ready, you'll do something about it. But just know that it's not because of the way you look or anything. It's just your health is so important. So that's really true. You know, I can remember Chad and I were in New York. It was maybe the summer of 2012. I can't remember, but I know I weighed somewhere in the upper 170s. I like remember that. And we went to the um, Empire State Building and there was a lot. You could either take this elevator or you could walk a lot. And I'm like, let's just walk because the line was bad. Trying to walk up those stairs a couple flights up, I was like, oh, we made the wrong choice because <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I could barely do it. But I was too embarrassed to say anything. Yep. So I like struggled. I I had a hard time breathing. Oh, yeah. We got to the top. Funny story. At the top is where I realized that Chad is scared of heights. Oh, my God. I had been married to him. Okay. We got married in 1991. So it was like 2012. I didn't know my husband was scared of heights until we got up there. That is so <laughs> funny. Was, we were time to go out on the observation deck and I'm like, woo, look at this. And he like backed up against the wall and he like, his eyes got real big and he started shaking his head and he's like, mm, mm. I'm like, what, what, what's happening? What's going on? I just walked up all these stairs. and you're like, I was like, all right, we're just going to go back down. It's the school teacher and me. I didn't get upset. I didn't panic. We just went down. <laughs> well, isn't it funny that you didn't know that and, and you struggled getting up all those stairs and you didn't say anything, but he was. That very... was the struggle day. <laughs> yeah. I, I like hauled my body up those stairs and then we had to turn around, but yeah, bless that, that's now I know. <laughs> that would have been a nightmare for me at, at the weight that I was at. And like I said, I used to avoid things. I just, I right. was very, I became very happy with being home. I still am. I'm like a total homebody anyway. But but I I really did avoid things. And it's it's sad because now I just I want to do everything. I want to go out. I want to 
feel confident walking in the store and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We still can't get out that much, but. <laughs> right. Hopefully, by the time this comes out in May, I keep saying that. If you go I back know. to listen to early episodes, I'm like, oh, it's all going to be over. So we're recording this in February. Maybe by May when this comes out, I'm we'll be hoping. like, oh, yeah, it's better now. Fingers crossed. Because, you know, we're ready to get back together and and have social events. So hopefully fingers crossed. But yeah, I totally, I totally get that wanting to avoid things because I was embarrassed in my body and that that's not a good way to be or to feel. No, I can totally agree with that. And like I said, I never felt like I looked what I weighed, but I knew what I saw when I looked in the mirror and I knew what I was actively trying to cover up when I would go out and stuff like that. So like, I never appeared that I wasn't confident ever, I don't think, but I, but I really, really struggled, you know, inside with going out and trying to hide things. And, you know, if I like, God forbid, I ever got invited to a wedding when I was that heavy, I probably would have not went, you know what I mean? I just, I was that, I was that sad about the way that I looked, but I had no real reason to change, I guess. I just was comfortable like that. And I just had gone so far that I I just couldn't even imagine having to lose 70 pounds, which was my original goal that I wanted to lose. So, but then I started fasting and within the first week, I actually lost a lot of weight. I lost just under 10 pounds in the first week. A lot of inflammation just yeah, fell right that's away. exactly then. what it was. Like my face was so swollen. And then just a week later, I had I had actually said my hair was very long. My hair was like down past my belly button when my friends had come in August. And I had said to my mom, I said, when I lose 10 pounds, I'm chopping my hair off. So my mom used to be a hairdresser way back, <laughs> way back <laughs> when I was little. And so she has just always cut my hair over the years. She's always cut my dad's hair and stuff like that. So I said, you know, when I lose 10 pounds, I want you to cut my hair off. So it happened in like a week. And I was like, I wasn't ready for that to happen that fast. And but it felt good. It was like, you know, I cut the hair, I felt like I was no longer hiding. It was it was literally a week, I just felt like a different person. And I didn't look that different. But I felt so good. And I felt so different and confident that I was like, this is gonna work. And I'm doing this. And it's working. <laughs> That's the best feeling. So you have been quite a sharer. Yes, I share a lot in the world. <laughs> I love that though. See, I do too. I have a big mouth. I share everything. Sometimes Chad does not like that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know half the stuff I tell about him on this <laughs> on these on these shows. So oops. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's I very private. It. And everybody knows everything about him. Um, hopefully not a lot of people that he knows are listening. Anyway, you like to share. You've got groups. Yes. So I Obviously, like, like I said, after a week, I was really fe feeling good, but I had kind of already put myself out there on my own Facebook page and just said, you know what, I'm doing this for accountability, I'm putting it out there, I'm doing Weight Watchers. I, you know, started fasting, and I felt like I was posting every single day about like, either food or whatever. And I actually had a few friends sign up under under me for Weight Watchers. And that's how I ended up with the free months and stuff like that. So I just have always been a sharer. It's kind of just in me because of the cookie decorating and having to, you know, be in front of people and stuff like that. But I feel like it got like a little bit much for just my everyday Facebook friends. So I, I started my own group just because I really wanted people who are interested in it 
or family to just hop into the group and be able to, you know, check up on me or ask me questions and stuff without it just being out there on regular Facebook. So that's very much what I did. That's exactly my own path. I was posting about it all the time on regular Facebook. And then I I started started my own little first group that then, of course, grew and got big. But people got tired of hearing it. You know, that friend I just talked about a few minutes ago that was talking about the honey and the cream and her coffee, you know, being fine for fasting. I didn't say anything to her. And you might wonder, why didn't you, Jen? You know, the answer that's wrong. Well, I know this girl, first of all. She would not not have taken well to it. She would have argued with me and been mad. And I'm like, you know, I, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to make a friend mad on Facebook. You know, I, anyway, so I just moved on. But you want to have the group where you can really connect with your friends, the people that that want to hear more. Not everybody wants exactly, to hear more. Exactly. Not everybody wants me to say, hey, guess what? That really does break the fast. You want to try to not do that. No, she didn't want to hear that from me. So I didn't even say it. So, I mean, I could say that to strangers easier than to friends. Right. But. No, and I totally, I totally get that. And that was one of my reasons for, I felt like if I started the group, I could share what I knew about the clean fast and I could actually just kind of make my own set of rules being like, you know, if you join this group and you are interested in fasting, this is the way I do it. I will never promote another way. Um, I will not tell you that you can drink cream in your coffee and call it a fast. That's just not how I learned. It's not what has gotten me to where I am. So this is how we're doing it. And if you want to jump in, go ahead. If you don't, totally fine with me too. Exactly. And then you don't have to make everybody tired and the, exactly. <laughs> the rest of it. I still post about it on Facebook, though, all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> Sometimes, but not as much. Exactly. Exactly. You have your outlet for it. So how many people are in your group now? So there's just about 7,300 people in the group now, Wow, which is crazy to me. Like it, it, is it grows so much. And I think a lot of people join from your groups, too, because they just want to know more about, you know, how I do things. And I think some people are attracted to my story because of my honesty mm-hmm. and how I put right. things bluntly. And I try not to be rude, but I will tell you if I don't think you're doing something right. And but my intention is always good. It's always to try and help people tweak and find where they need to be. And I can say that I have definitely done that within my group. And, you know, it might just be it might just be something as little as somebody's only drinking like 20 ounces of water a day and they're stalled. And I say, you know, how much water are you drinking? You drinking enough water? And then, you know, the next week they come back to me and say, oh my goodness, I've drink, drank a hundred ounces of water every day this week. And I feel like a new person and I dropped two pounds. And so it's just little things that some people don't think about that we just kind of diagnose within the group. And And it's so great to see people get to their next goal with a tweak that you help them come up with. So it really is such a great feeling, such a great to troubleshoot with people and help them figure it out. Like there was a girl today in um, one of our, our Facebook groups and she was talking about, she's like, oh no, I suddenly have gained five to seven pounds all of a sudden after maintaining for all these months. And just all of a sudden, I didn't change anything. I'm like, well, okay, have you changed anything about what you're eating? Did you start taking medicines? Did you, you know, I went through this long list. She's like, no, nothing is different. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, well, that is odd. She said, and it all started right after I started hormone replacement therapy. And I'm like, well, okay. That's, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but she she really hadn't made that connection. Right. Like she started hormone replacement therapy. 
And then her weight went up. And I'm like, well, think about, you know, you you can read a lot about hormone replacement therapy and they're like, it does not cause weight gain. But think about female hormones and our cycles. We all experience that hormonal. Oh, absolutely. Water retention. Well, we see that that a lot in our group too. Like I'll use like a menstrual cycle as an example. You know, people will be like, oh, I've been losing weight for three weeks. And then all of a sudden I got on the scale this morning and I'm up five pounds. And I'm like, okay, well, how long have you been fasting? Blah, blah, blah. A lot of times they're about to start their menstrual cycle. Absolutely. In our group, Mm -hmm. we call it shark week. So, right. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, didn't think about it. Yeah. Scale you know, that, away for a couple of days, you'll be fine. When you have your, you know, like I weighed for the whole time I was losing weight and the whole first year of maintenance. And I got to the point where I knew exactly what my cycle was going to do yep. because of what my weight did. Exactly. I had a very typical pattern. It always did this and it always did that. And, you know, I was... I was in my 40s at that point. So I was more irregular because that's what starts happening in your 40s. But I always knew from what my weight was doing that I was about to start. And then I would always have a really hungry day. And I remember every month I'm like, why am I so hungry? What's going on? And then I was like, oh, duh. I mean, every month it surprised me. (laughs) But then my weight would do what it does and I was hungrier and then boom. But you learn not to panic yep. over those things. Yep. And that's and that's why we're there, Jackie. That's what you and I are doing with these groups is saying, don't panic. Right. It's okay. It's so important because when you, that's why I, I actually always try to encourage my, the people in my group too, to get comfortable with the scale. And I know it's so hard for a lot of people. And I was one of those people who I either weighed myself you know, once or twice a day, every day, and just would watch the scale creep up and just be like, Oh, well, whatever. It is what it is. And or I was the person that threw the scale in the trash and didn't weigh for years. And that's when I got to the 202 pounds. And I've kind of just broken that, that hold that the scale can have on me. And I feel like just seeing that number and watching fluctuations, like you said, you know, certain times of the month, you're just going to jump up five pounds. And it's because of your own hormones. It's not because you did anything differently or didn't eat enough the day before or ate too much the day before. It's simply your body doing its thing and it shouldn't scare you. And I, I try to encourage people to just use it as one tool to just use it for data. Like I know when my scale is creeping up that it's not because I'm not doing anything different. It's because I'm having longer eating windows and I'm eating more crap. Right. And it could just be, you know, it's not just a direct cause and effect from day to day. And that's one thing that's so important. Like this morning, someone was asking in in one of the groups, she's like, well, I went out to eat a couple nights ago and I had a big old meal and it was, you know, like a carby meal and fries, burger, whatever. She's like, then I got on the scale and my weight was down the next day. And then I had a really great meal last night and I got on the scale this morning and the scale is up. What's happening? And I'm like, well, it's not like it just lags day to day based on what you did yesterday. I often found when I was in the weight loss period or, or, you know, when I was weighing myself that if I had like a big indulgent meal, it took two days for that to show up on the scale. And it wasn't all fat gain. It's your body processing all that food. You retain water. It's the inflammation. You have more food in your system. And so the lag on the scale, it just confuses a lot of people. And then they're like, oh, well, then I just should eat. You know, I'm like, no, <laughs> you got to look for the long-term trend. Yeah. And it's it's also the scale is so interesting to me because for the last like four months of my 
you know, till I hit my weight loss goal, I was doing alternate day fasting, clean fasting, 36 hours, full up day, again, repeat. And I would see like a two pound gain after my up day. And then I would see like a two pound loss after my down day. And it would kind of be like a two pound, one, one and a half to two pound fluctuation. And which made total sense. But now in maintenance, I'm doing the modified alternate day fasting with the with the down day meal and you know, the full up day. And I'm seeing less of a fluctuation on the scale. But the interesting thing to me is after my up day now, I'm seeing not as big of a gain. And I think that is interesting because a, it has to do with my food choices. I think I try I'm, at this point, I'm trying to stay pretty low carb because that's just what makes me feel good. But if I were to think about it, you know, in a in a general sense, I would think that not eating for a full day and then eating healthy, you know, on your up day, you wouldn't see that much of a gain. But now that I'm doing the modified ADF, I am seeing less of a gain after a day of full eating, which is so interesting to me. So that's why I it, yeah, I really think it's it's the food. It's the weight of the food and the water retention because our bodies retain a lot of water to process the food. So like that's you know why people when they first start might lose like bam four pounds, you know. If they sit there have their first 36 hour fast and get on the scale they're four pounds less or something crazy like that. It's because your body releases all that fluid. But when you're ha- you actually are putting you know, with the modified alternate daily fasting, the down day where you're having the small meal, then you have your body doesn't isn't like is empty of food. You've still got it in there. So you don't release all that water. But yeah. It feels better to look at those numbers not quite so wildly fluctuating, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's, and it's funny because I'm maintaining much more steadily now. When I had got to my goal weight, I was I literally went right from alternate day fasting to one meal a day. So I was like, I'm going to eat every day again. I didn't dislike alternate day fasting. I actually really, really loved it. But I knew that it wasn't going to be something that I could do going forward for maintenance. So, but I think so you really, did you really do like 36, 12, just every other day yeah, like that? Yeah, pretty much. I okay. mean, there was obviously there was times where I flexed and, you know, it wasn't, it was maybe some weeks was more like four, three or, you know, five, two, like I wasn't, it wasn't, you know, make or break that I did every other day. So, but primarily, yes, I was alternate day fasting unless something came that's, up. That's, it's really good good to hear that because some people are scared of, yes. of alternate day fasting still. And, you know, for me, when I was doing it, I found that once you get past your normal dinner, that's, that's where it would get hard. You know, that moment of, you know, mm, I really love to eat dinner. I enjoy dinner. But then you would get past that and then you'd smooth sailing and then you wake up the next day and it's an up day. And again, people are scared of the up day. Talk about, talk about not being scared of the up day. So, It actually took me a little bit to get used to it because I found that I was, if I went into an update without a plan, I would overeat. Like I would definitely, you know, one thing would lead to another. I would grab a snack with the intention of, you know, having a good meal. And then it would just go like, I would just eat too much. I felt like I wasn't feeling good after most updates because I was so focused on making sure I was eating enough that I actually think I was eating too much. 
that makes sense. And not great food choices. So it took a little bit for me to really find that balance. And also the other thing was I was trying to like cram my up day into six hours because I Ah. I figured, you know, that diet mentality that, you know, you try to get rid of throughout your whole life just tells you, okay, well, if you can eat all of your food within the six hours and then get back to fasting, you'll lose your weight faster. That wasn't, I couldn't do that. So I broke up with that whole idea and I started having the longer window and love it. Most days now when I do my update, it's no less than nine hours. Like I really will take the full 12 if I feel like I need it. And I don't feel deprived within that time anymore. I think I was trying to just get all my food in at once and it really backfired on me. I wasn't feeling good. So now that's that's a great, a great strategy to share because we hear that that's one of the biggest things we hear, which, you know, is always astonishing to think about, but people will say, well, I tried to have, you know, an update and I just could only eat once and I wasn't hungry again. So our, and, and one person I remember really was having a hard time with this concept. And she kept saying, so are you telling me I need to cram in more? And I'm like, no, the word, but you need a longer window. So you have time to feel hungry again. You know, we, we don't want to, you know, some of the words I think people use, do you want me to force feed myself? Do you want me to, no, we don't want you to, but if your window, if you're trying to have, you know, we say a minimum of six to 12 hours. So if you're one of those people that's in that diet mindset, you might think, okay, I'm going to do the six because that's better. And then you have your food and then you're not hungry again. And you're like, well, Jen doesn't want me to overeat when I'm not hungry. So the right, but the the thing is you need a longer window. If that's the case, give yourself 12, you know, if, if six, if you can't, if you're not hungry twice in six hours, you need 12 open earlier because long-term what you don't want to do is over-restrict. Exactly. Yep. And I, I had to find that balance. And I, at, at first I was cramming. I, w- I was not hungry for that second meal. Then that's why I was feeling gross. So by le- by breaking up with that and lengthening my window and just saying, okay, this is what my body is telling me I need to do. I really need to listen because I know that this works and I know that I love the way I feel on the long 36 hour fast, but I'm not feeling good after I eat and I can't have that, you know? So it's counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah. It's so weird, but you know, you just figure it out. And that's, that's why that's another reason why I share so much is because I have gone through so many changes. I have done so many tweaks and it's just like, I feel like I just need to share that because it could help somebody else. And when I just realized a few weeks ago that the modified alternate day fasting was kind of like where I needed to be, I shared it. I shared how I did it and and what worked for me. And a couple of other people in the advanced group have kind of started doing it the way that I'm doing it because I broke it down into like simpler terms, I feel like. Right. Yep. So... So normally now what I do is I'll, I know you can't see me, but I'm putting it in quotes right now, a 40 hour fast. Right. But it's not a total, it's a down, it's a 40 hour down day. Exactly. So the way that I kind of explain it to people is it's 40 hours broken up into two 20 hour fasts. So I'm not very strict with that. I like to get a little bit of like fat burning and autophagy on both sides of that fast. So I, I try to not break for my down day meal before 20 hours, it might even be around hour 24, whatever happens that day is how it works out for me. So 
20-hour fast, small meal, 20-hour fast, two meals. Repeat. That's how I do it. And when you break it down like that, people are like, oh, okay. Sounds so easy. It sounds so easy. Yep. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stuart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Now, are you a calorie counter on the small meal day, or do you just eyeball us? Yeah, that I see. I I would never want to count another thing, but just eyeball a small meal. Yep. So the way that I actually I put it in my post was I just eat a small portion of leftovers from dinner the night before. So you know, if I make spaghetti and meatballs and I have a big plate on my up day, on my down day, I'm just going to have a small bowl and a salad or something. So I'm not married to the 500 calories. I would say that it ranges from like, I don't know, some days it might just be a smoothie and that's like 200 calories and other days it might be, you know, closer to 800 calories. If I were to guess, I, I honestly couldn't be bothered. I think I downloaded MyFitnessPal again one and used it once. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm I'm not counting the calories of an avocado. I'm just not going to do it. No, and th- that's the part that gets me. And I'm like <laughs> trying to put stuff in when I was doing the Zoe, the Zoe app, which is amazing information, but having to put in what I'm going to eat so I can get my, my score. And I'm like, I don't know. What is this? I have no idea. I know. It's so, <laughs> and, and that's, that was the other thing that I had to really break up with was that, okay, I never even considered it because I I definitely was so against counting calories. But then I'm like, okay, this might work for me as maintenance. So I think this is what I need to do. And then I was like, you know what? My body is going to not, it's not going to know if it's 500 calories. If I, As long as I make it something nutritious, something that my body is going to really get fuel from, then I'm not worried so much about the calories. Because like you always say, your body counts nutrients and not calories. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, that's good info. So tell us about some of your some of your non-scale victories. Okay, so oh, this is an interesting question. So one of my favorite ones, honestly, was the first time that I could wrap one of my towels around me without I love having yeah, I that get like it. peak, you know, like that triangle where you could see like some of your belly and your thigh. <laughs> so that that was one of my favorite. The other one was just my kids being able to hug me and like, you know, 
touch their elbows and just hearing them say, mom, like you're so much thinner now, you're so healthy, was really huge for me. And then a couple um, medical ones would be that I was on a mood disorder medication because I was, you know, struggling with some depression and anxiety. And there was just a lot going on. But I think a lot of it came down to it came down to my weight. Like I was a lot of my, my, you know, mental health issues were the fact that I just couldn't, I just didn't feel good about myself. I constantly overworked myself. I was staying up till all hours of the night decorating cookies. I was eating like in the middle of the night because that's when I finished an order and it was the first time I could eat that day. And I am completely off that medication now. I have like I mean, I still struggle some days, but it's nothing that I don't know how to cope with now. It's nothing that, you know, I I feel like I need to be medicated for. And I also had asthma that I don't have anymore. So I was using an inhaler every day and it only took a couple months for me to realize that I wasn't, you know, I was only using the inhaler maybe once a week and then I just don't use it anymore. I can't even remember the last time I used it, so... That's awesome. We do hear that, you know, asthma is so much linked to inflammation. And as you lower your inflammation, you know, for me, it was seasonal allergies. You know, I no longer need to take that kind of medicine. But for you, it was it was the asthma and then inhaler. That's just fantastic. Yeah. And that ha- that developed because of my weight, too. Like I never I didn't grow up with asthma. I never had a problem. But it was definitely now now that I don't need it anymore. I know that it was directly related to my weight. So yeah, and I, I know that's got to be true for my allergies as well. As my as my weight went up, my level of inflammation went up. You know, my my bucket was full from all, the, <laughs> you know, and, and fasting helped me empty that out. And then my body can suddenly manage the allergens. That I mean, you know, I live in Augusta, Georgia. We still have lots of pollen, but my body can manage it better instead of like going crazy. Like everything was making my body go crazy. Same. And I definitely I have seasonal allergies as well. And that developed after I had kids. So but I think that it's definitely better managed now than it was before. I don't suffer as much as I used to. So well, those are some pretty awesome non scale victories. Yes. So (laughs) does your husband do intermittent fasting? He doesn't. So he, we're actually not married yet. We just got engaged on my birthday. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because I remember when I wrote my email to you, I had said something about us being together for almost 11 years or 12 years. And we, we still, I I still didn't have a ring. So that happened on the day. That happened on my birthday this past year. But Oh, congratulations on that. And and it's been a weird year for a wedding. Yeah, we haven't even, I can't even (laughs) begin to plan a wedding. Like we don't, we have no plans for a date or anything yet. We wait for the world to come back to normal. But so no, he does not do intermittent fasting, but he, he does not eat at all until dinner time. But he is a coffee with cream drinker like all day. So he, I get it. He is, (laughs) no, he's. I can't even stomach saying dirty fast because it's just so I like I badger him every day to drink coffee. I'm like, just take it. He lit, last night he brought me a cup of black decaf and it was really full. And I'm like, just take a sip. It's not gonna kill you. I'm just trying to get him to like get that taste. <laughs> I'm like, if you just stop <laughs> drinking your coffee in the morning and throughout the whole day you'd be fasting and you'd feel so much better. Like his elbows hurt, his knees hurt all yeah. the time. You know, he's he has a really physical job. So like he's 
constantly active. So I think that's kind of what helps keep him in shape. And he's not overweight at all. But I'm just like, oh, I feel like you would feel so much better if you would just drop that creamer. It drives me crazy. One day, one day he'll be ready for that. I I hope so. Who knows? (laughs) He'll have some kind of motivation that, you know, suddenly he'll be like, okay, this is my motivation. Yeah. When he's ready. I think so. I don't, you know, as long as he's feeling good, you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't push it. He, he literally does only eat food though for like two to three hours a day, but it's that coffee. I'm like, he's almost there. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, well, I, I think that, you know, it's been really important to hear you talk about the way that you've embraced the alternate daily fasting, because I really think that's approach that a lot of people would like if they just open up their minds to it. Right. And I, it's not for everybody. And I totally, no, it's not. I totally, I was that person, like my friend, Sandra, that introduced me to the group. I remember the first, one of the first things she said about fasting was she, I think she posted a screenshot of her zero app and it, it said like 36 hours. And I'm like, are you what? insane? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> how could you even do that? And so, you know, it took me a long time. Like I didn't even do my first 36 hour fast until think five months in. Yeah, it was like December, I think of 2019. And I just did one. And I was like, Oh, I got this crazy. I didn't sleep that night at all. I had so much energy. It was like insane. But I loved the way that I felt. And so I started kind of incorporating a 36 hour fast here and there I was doing doing one with her or I would find a partner in the group and we would do it together. And um, then it kind of just like, morphed into alternate day fasting. I didn't do it because I thought I needed to lose weight faster. I've steadily lost weight this entire time, whether I was, you know, doing 18 hour fast, 20 hour fast, one meal a day. I've always lost weight. I never really plateaued. There were times where I thought that I did. But now looking back, it was never really a plateau. But I that's when I would start to tweak things. So I kind of just like fell into it. And then I was doing like two or three 36 is a week. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is just what I'm doing now. It wasn't really intentional. It evolved. into that. Yeah. And I think it's important that people work up to that. I don't think it's any better of a strategy than somebody who commits to, you know, 19.5 or whatever. And I, that's the sweet spot for so many people. And it was for me for a long time too. So, but yeah, we're not, we're not saying that alternate daily fasting is the goal that people need to, I mean, I don't do it. I haven't exactly. skipped a day of eating since what, 20, now I'm trying to think, 2016? I haven't skipped a day of eating since 2016. Right, exactly. I've eaten every day since 2016, and that's what works for me. But alternate daily fasting is a strategy that a lot of people enjoy. So it's about finding your rhythm. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I think... Honestly, I would just tell people, you know, this is your life. You have to live it. So live your life. Uh, Be flexible. Don't be so rigid with your schedule. Be flexible. It's totally okay to change your eating window times and, you know, switch things up and eat breakfast one day and dinner the next day or just change things up. Be flexible. Work around your plans. Plan indulgences. Okay. Like if you want to eat that giant shake with, a brownie and a Twinkie coming out the top, plan it and do it and move on and don't feel guilty about it. No guilt. No guilt at all. 
don't make excuses either. You guys, like you are your own worst enemy. Sometime I've been there. It, oh, you know, yeah. just don't make excuses. Talk about fasting. It works. And that's it. I don't fast. And be willing to troubleshoot with your own mind. Exactly. Exactly. Whenever I've looked back, I always know. Like, why are my honesty pants a little tight? Let me think about why. Oh, I've been eating a lot of cheese. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's the cheese. It's not fasting stopped working. Oh, my God. Fasting. No, fasting didn't stop working. Deep breath. It's the cheese. I can't eat that much cheese. Or, oh, my God, what's wrong? Okay, I just went through menopause. It's not that fasting stopped working. It's, you know, it's my hormones have changed. And so it's just, it's it's honoring the body that you have the moment that you have it in and tweaking to, you know, fasting never stops working. Yep. And I just, I I just addressed that in the group recently, too, in, in the advanced group. I just said, you know, I've bounced up to 128 from my, you know, maintenance of wanting to be near 120 and it, I'm I'm not blaming fasting. I'm not that I know what I've done. I know that I'm more lax with my food and I haven't been drinking as much water or this or that and it's like you you have to really be honest with your own self like you said. You yeah. have to be honest. And- it's true. And when you read and you look you really you can usually figure it out. But and again, it's it's not it's not that there's anything wrong with you or wrong with fasting or wrong with your body. It's just, you just have to tweak and work with it. Be responsive to what's happening. Yep. Totally agree. Well, Jackie, I have really enjoyed talking to you today and see, no reason to be nervous. Yay. (laughs) I'm so glad I finally got to meet you. This was so much fun. Well, it was great. I feel like I know you from all of your fabulous posts in the group and thank you so much for spreading the word and sharing without fear. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, JJ, well, JJ, why are, you, yeah. why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span... Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our 
mystery guests. All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Wondery fan, then you're going to yeah. just Neil you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.